TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on EEI. I know you're anxious to move forward, right? Put this one behind you and, and head towards the playoffs. But what can you learn from a situation like this, Mac? Yeah, I think we just need to execute better, and that starts with me. Um, just in practice, in the game, like you got to go out there and do much better than we did today. And it's super embarrassing, honestly, um, just from my point, just how I played wasn't good enough, and um, I can be better. And it starts with me. I'm the quarterback, and that's my job is to make people around me um, have success. And it starts with me. So we'll get it fixed. I think, like you said, you know, you got to watch the film and learn from it. And realize how embarrassing it is to play that way but at the same time we got a, a great opportunity next week and that's all you can ask for allow me to reintroduce myself my name is all right here we go thanks justin appreciate the music back after a week off battling the covid the omicron was not much of a battle for me slapped that thing around real quickly heavy down for like a day Worst part about the whole situation is the isolation. It sucks. You're bored. So anybody battling COVID, I feel for you right now. And I feel for you if you're bored because it sucks. At least tonight you got the national championship game on, although it's 9-6. Celtics right now 89-89 in overtime. Tatum with a big shot to set it into overtime. But a lot of people tell me that Tatum's the problem with this team. It makes no sense whatsoever. But you heard Mac Jones there off the top talking about the loss on Sunday was embarrassing. Embarrassing. And not just for Mac Jones, but for the team in totality. So after what you saw on Sunday afternoon against the Miami Dolphins, the Patriots losing their third out of their last four games and heading into the postseason, what is your confidence level in this team right now? And do you have any faith they can win a playoff game going forward after what we've seen, not just against the Dolphins, but against the Indianapolis Colts, against the Bills the last time they played, or of course they have to play on Saturday night. So how concerned are you with this team? And do you believe in them at all? 617-779-7937 is the number. We're with you up until midnight. So I want to start with, with this for a second. So if you think about the way that the Patriots treated this game, it felt like they put all their chips in the middle of the table and said, hey, we're going for this. We need this win, right? It was almost as if they were saying, hey, we need to make sure from a confidence perspective we're in a good place going into the postseason because, yeah, we beat up on the Jacksonville Jaguars who somehow beat the Colts yesterday. But nonetheless, you beat up on one of the worst teams of the NFL, an absolute joke of a franchise, and you had lost your previous two games. Since the bye week, the Patriots have not been a good football team. That's just the reality of it. And it felt like Belichick decided, hey, they needed to, whether it's build up confidence or at the very least, 
thrive at a more efficient level in the final game of the season, beat a quality team. Because the Dolphins, we all knew going into the game, they, they were not going to the postseason. But it was a good team. It was a decent team. It was a team that, from a talent perspective, is very similar to you. They're on a similar level of play as you are. Very similar records. And they ended up sweeping you, right? So this was a test where, if okay, yeah, you back up that Jacksonville win against a decent Miami team. You feel better about yourself entering the postseason. So the Patriots made that play. They made that bet. Hey, we're going to do whatever we can do to beat this Miami team. We're treating this like it's an important game for us, even though it really wasn't in the grand scheme of things. The Patriots are already in the postseason. Now, I would have advocated resting guys. I said that prior to the game. I thought that it would have been a better idea to rest some of these guys. But the Patriots, I understand where Belichick's coming from. He felt like he needed his team to look good. He needed his team to build up some momentum entering the postseason. So what did he decide to do? Let's play all the guys. Damian Harris played. The only guys that didn't really play were, if you think about it, Dante Hightower and Kyle Duggar. That's it. They played the majority of their guys yesterday. J.C. Jackson's out there, right? Most of those guys are out there. So the Patriots decided, hey, we need this win. We need to prove it, whether it's to ourselves, whether it's to the rest of the field. The Patriots, Bill Belichick felt this is an important game for the team. And they laid an egg again. Again, they laid an egg. In an important game that they deemed important, they felt they needed to get off to a good start entering the postseason. They fell flat on their face. That's where I agree with Mac Jones that this was a completely embarrassing performance. And the problem that I have, more so than anything else, with the way that things went down yesterday, it's the same stuff that we continue to see. It's almost as if every loss that the Patriots have, it's the same theme. They fall behind, they have careless turnovers. And they have dumbass penalties. Every loss, you can go back through them. Except maybe the Saints game where they just, now they had three turnovers in that game too. They got blown out, it felt like. That game was not as close as the final score would have indicated. But it feels like, for the most part, these losses the, the Patriots have had, especially as of late, it's been the same formula. Special teams plays. Lawrence Guy, what's going on there? He's lined up over the center. I mean, that's inexcusable. The Patriots, as a special teams unit, are a joke. This continues to happen. They have three punt blocks this year against them. Three of them cost them in the Colts game. We see the special teams come up again with Lawrence Guy, a veteran on this team. That crap keeps happening for the Patriots over and over and over and over again. And I'll get to the quarterback in just a second here. But what's going on with the defense? Because now what we've seen with this Patriots team, you knew exactly what the Miami Dolphins were going to do. You know their offense. Their offense is very simplistic if you look at it in terms of what they want to do from a schematic standpoint. They want to run the RPO game. This is the same exact thing they did to the Patriots in week one. They came out, heavy RPO. They want to pick up the tempo. Tua's going to make very quick decisions, which he's pretty good at, and they're going to try to move the football down the field that way. Well, they did it again. How many times have we seen it with the Patriots where the first drive – from the opposition is a touchdown. Well, I can give you the exact number on that. It's six. So six out of the 17 games this season, the Patriots have given up a touchdown on the first drive. I don't understand. Somebody has to tell me why aren't the Patriots ready to begin games. And furthermore, on that point, so I mentioned six of their 17 games, they allowed a touchdown on the first drive. The Patriots on the season are 27th in first quarter points allowed. They are one of the best defenses in the NFL in terms of all the statistics, if you look at it all, in terms of the totality of the season, right? They're 27th in first quarter points allowed. They're first in points allowed in the second quarter, really good. Eighth in the third quarter, pretty good, not elite, but good. First in the fourth quarter in points allowed, yet 27th in the first quarter. 
So here's the thing that is perplexing to me and somewhat irritating to me. We know that the Patriots have some issues in terms of they get off to slow starts. They have problems on the special teams. Why do these things keep coming up? And it's not even so much like the offense. They've not gotten off to great starts all the time. I'm not saying that the offense is immune to this because they've had issues to begin games. Look, Mac Jones threw a pick six on their first series of the game this past week to put them in a 14 to nothing hole. But how is this veteran defense every week continuing to have these issues? Is it Steve Belichick? Is it Bill Belichick? Is Gerard Mayo? Who do you blame for this? Because every week it's the same thing in terms of the losses that this team has. When they lose games, it's because they get off to slow starts. They dig themselves a hole, right? Because we all know the formula for how this Patriots team needs to win games. They have to play from ahead. They are not built to come from behind. Okay, that's just the reality of where they're at right now. I'm not telling you that they can never get to a point where, hey, Mac Jones, a couple of years from now, they're airing it out. They're throwing the ball. They can come back. I'm not telling you they can never get to that point. But right now, the reality of this team is if they fall behind, in all likelihood, they are not coming back in the football game. And what we've seen from the Patriots was on display again this week. So we just wrapped up week 18 of the NFL season. Special teams still a problem. Defense getting off to slow starts, still a problem. Oh, yeah, and another thing that's still a problem with this Patriots team right now, and I'll get into the quarterback, I promise, but another thing that's a problem for this Patriots team, they don't give their quarterback an opportunity to win the game. So why do I say that? Okay, well, because if you look at the past couple of games where the Patriots lose, and not even the past couple, you can go back to week one. This has been a trend since week one. So this week, the Patriots make it 27-24 after that Damian Harris one-yard run following the pass interference that Aguilar drew. Dolphins get the ball back with 2.53 left. Okay, so 27-24, Patriots are right back in this game. They have an opportunity to win it, right? Well, what happens? Well, Dolphins get the ball back. They pick up a quick first down to a fine Smythe, who for some reason had a good game. All right, so anyway, whatever. Bad play there, but you still get a chance to get off the field quickly. First and 10 from the Miami 40. Duke Johnson, two-yard loss. Okay, so now you're really cooking with gasoline. Second and 12. They then pick up four yards on a rush. So third and eight with 38, uh, third and eight at the 42, right? Two of scrambles for a first down. Now, if you do go back and watch it, Judon was held in that play. But nonetheless, you got to get off the field. You have a third and eight, and you have an opportunity to make a play there, and you can't get off the field. Third and eight. This isn't like one of the elite rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. It's to a third and eight. Get off the damn field. Give Mack an opportunity to win the game. He can't do it. So the offense, I'm not saying they're without blame. They, there's plenty to go, blame to go around with this team in terms of the loss yesterday. But 27 to 24, Mack gets you back in the game. The offense gets you back in the game. The defense can't come up with a critical spot or the critical stop, I should say. Sorry, I'm very excited right now. Okay, week one, 17 to 16 after that fumble. Remember, Damian Harris fumbled it. Miami gets the ball back with 331. Still plenty of time. They pick up two first downs to ice the game. Defense cannot get you the ball back. So this is supposed to be the blueprint for this team is they play great defense and they run the football, right? That's what we have believed. If they're going to become a team that can make a run, that's what they need to do. Well, two opportunities to give your quarterback the ball back. And let's find out. I want to know, hey, can Mac come through in a two-minute drill? Can Mac bring you back in a game? Well, he's been robbed of those opportunities in the two Dolphins games. How about the Colts game? I'm not telling you that Mac didn't suck in the first half. Or after he threw that interception to begin the third quarter. He did suck in that game. Well, he finds Hunter Henry. He makes it 20-17. to 221 left on the clock. Second and eight. You have Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Dante Hightower overruns the play. 
McCourty can't make the play either. Jonathan Taylor, 67-yard run, put the kids to bed. The game's over, 27-17. to The game's over. Mac Jones just brought it back, 20-17. to You have a chance. Get off the field. And you give the quarterback an opportunity to win the game. Can't do it. Okay, Bills lost. Damian Harris scores on an eight-yard run after that nice drive. Remember, 10 plays, 75 yards. They make it 26-21. to And there's 7.37 left in the game. Plenty of time. Holy crap, the Patriots had been sucking the majority of this game against the Bills. They're in position where they got a chance to win 26-21. to Okay, just make a play defense. Get off the field. Give Mac the ball back. Well, first and 10 from the 25, J.C. Jackson drops, at the very least, an easy interception and possibly a pick six. Remember that against the Bills? And then on third and 10, Josh Allen has forever to throw the ball, and he eventually finds Isaiah McKenzie, who burns Miles Bryant, but they didn't get to him either, so that's part of the problem as well. It's not just on Bryant. He can't hold up with McKenzie. Okay, then later on on fourth down, Van Noy can't make a play on Josh Allen. He ends the game. So 7.37 left. You couldn't get off the field to give your quarterback a chance. Four times this season. Like, this, these are the moments we want to see from Mac. Hey, can he come through in the big moment? Can he bring you back in a game? Four times this season. Four losses that the Patriots have had this year. Mac Jones has gotten it to a place where, okay, the Patriots have a chance to win the game. And then what happens? His defense fails him. And look, Mac could... I'll get to Mac in a second here. There's plenty of blame to go around with Mac, but I wanted to see, hey, can Mac do it? And the Patriots defense can't get off the damn field. It's a horrible trait. The Patriots defense, they start slow and they can't close. Horrible, horrible, horrible traits. 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So apparently a lot's changed since I last did a show. The clock has changed as well. So a lot more to get into, including this. There is a certain member of the defense that needs to be accountable for what's going on right now. I'll get to him in a second here. And I'm worried about the quarterback. I'll tell you why in just a little bit here on WEA. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're right back to what you want to hear. More of Brian Barrett on EEI. Jones from the gun, third and two. It's picked. Intercepted. For the pick six. 
All right, that's the worst broadcast team that CBS has to offer. Actually, there's one more that I can't think of off the top of my head. Oh, Catalan and Lofton. That is the worst. But this one's pretty bad. Sparrow Ditas and Jay Feely. Oh, my God. Atrocious. Why does he just, like, randomly yell? Sparrow Ditas. I don't understand. It's not even, like, a big play, and he just yells. I Now, that's a pick. Like, you got to yell on that. But the guy yells all the time. That guy is horrible. That broadcast team was a joke yesterday. At one point, I kid you not, and I'm sure you remember this if you were watching the game, Jay Feely said at one point the reason he really likes Mac is because he's not on social media. Like, that's part of the reason that Mac Jones is when he's on his wife's or his girlfriend's social media all the time. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. But nonetheless, his point was that because Mac's not on social media, that's why he's having so much success this year. So if Mac was on Twitter, he would suck. He would be a bust. It made no sense. I mean, that broadcast is an absolute joke. But I do want to get to Mac for a second here because that was the interception. So are you concerned at all with Mac as we now get ready for the postseason here? 617-779-7937 is the number. So I do feel like over the past couple of weeks, some of the issues that we heard about with Mac coming out of the collegiate level and the things that we were worried about entering the season have shown up here. And we saw it like he does not have the strongest arm. We knew that, but we saw that was on display yesterday. Like that third and one where it, he, they're at the Pats 34. He throws the interception. It's not a difficult defense to diagnose. It's cover two. Xavier Howard picks him off. But that's another ball that Mac has thrown outside of the numbers that is late. We saw that same type of interception against the Colts when Okereke, remember the guy that called out? Mac before the game saying, hey, we're going to make Mac beat us. Same type of interception. Now, Okereke was a much more difficult interception, but it was basically the same thing where he's trying to throw it outside of the numbers. Does it have enough velocity on the ball? And secondarily, it should have never gone there to begin with. So Mac, uh, lately, the interceptions are starting to become somewhat alarming. And some of the other plays in this game from Mac, you think about it, 17 to 7, you have a second and 10, and the Pats have to burn a timeout. For, to avoid a delay a game. Mac just doesn't have the play ready to go. Then you look at, remember the fourth and one prior to half, which is another thing. I disagree with Bill not going for this here, but Mac gets a full start where they're trying to draw them off. And I still contend that even if you look back at this, we don't know what Bill would have ultimately done. He wasn't asked about it after the game. But if they don't get that penalty there, yeah, they burn a timeout after they try to draw the Dolphins off sides. But do they still go for it? They could have gone for it, but because Mac gets the penalty, you can't go for it because it's fourth and six, right? But if you look at it, last three losses for the Patriots. So Buffalo, the Colts, of course, and then yesterday, three touchdowns, five interceptions. Indy game, the first one he threw to Darius Leonard, horrible. And then you look at, we mentioned the one right out of half. And then the Bills game, after Harry had dropped the ball on second and 10, he tries to hit Harry with another slant. Not a great ball from Mac there. So he's had some bad ones. You look at it, five interceptions over his last four games, first 13 games of the season, he had just eight. So Mac Jones, there has been more put on his plate as of late because the team is not getting off to good starts. And the reality of the situation is the quarterback has not responded. So Mac has been an issue for this team over the past couple of weeks. 617-779-7937 is the number. Are you concerned about Mac as you get ready for a postseason run here? And what do you make of the continuous the continuing issues for this Patriots team? Special teams, defense, slow starts. Why have these te- things not turned around like they ordinarily do for the Patriots? Let's get to Dave. He's in Amherst. Dave, what's up, man? Hey, guy. Uh, thanks for the show. Good show. Appreciate it. I, you know, I, you know, I appreciate you talking about it because it's like the elephant in the room that no one talks about. 
this Mac Jones is a great guy, but he doesn't seem to have a, a strong arm. He doesn't. So you no. watch Allen. You watch Allen. You watch Herbert last night. I mean, it's amazing. These guys are throwing lasers all over the field. Mac Jones is. I you know I'm afraid that the, the Pats are going to have to draft another quarterback or trade for one. I mean, it's not bad. I think. No, Dave, Dave, it's not, Dave, it's not that bad. Look, he's made some boneheaded decisions over the past couple of weeks. He should have never made that pass. Both of them against the Colts, he shouldn't have made either one of those. But remember, he is a rookie. Like, he's got time to grow. But the problem, Dave, is this. You can't have a quarterback that isn't one of the elite, talented guys in the league. Like, you mentioned a guy like Josh Allen, Herbert. Those guys have elite talent, right? So, if you don't have a guy with an elite talent like Aaron Rodgers, like Tom Brady, you got to at least have some weapons as well, right? So, Dave, we saw yesterday he was going to Hunter Henry in critical situations, and we saw that against the Colts as well. But Hunter Henry's like, he's a good tight end. He's not a great tight end. So if you're going to have a quarterback that is not on the same level in terms of the arm strength or the mobility, right. you need to counter that with pick, picking up quality weapons. And the reality is Kendrick Bourne's a nice player, but he's not a number one or a number two receiver. He doesn't have enough weapons right now to work with before you get like an accurate judgment on where he can be as a player long term. No, I, I totally agree. But let me ask you this: Can you can you teach a guy to throw it harder and stronger? If a guy has an eighty-five mile an hour fastball, yeah, is he going to throw a hundred in two years? I don't know. No, it's a know? fair, Dave. It's a fair question. I appreciate the phone call. You can grab his line if you'd like. It's six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. It's a fair question. How much can you improve your arm strength? I would say this: Tom Brady improved his arm strength throughout his career, so I believe Matt can improve it, but only marginally. We're not going to see Mac next year and all of a sudden he's throwing the ball like Herbert. Like he's never going to get to that level of arm strength or anything along those lines. But you can improve that, right? So the other thing, though, the biggest thing is what we've also seen, not the biggest thing, but one of the things we've seen highlighted over the past couple of weeks is they don't have the weapons for Mac Jones right now. And if you look at it when you're entering this postseason and you think about all these other quarterbacks that just from a pure talent standpoint are – more equipped than Mac Jones in terms of their own talent, right? Joe Burrow is a more talented quarterback than Mac Jones. Josh Allen is a more talented quarterback than Mac Jones. Derek Carr is a more talented quarterback than Mac Jones. Pat Mahomes is a more talented quarterback than Mac Jones. You go up and down the list of quarterbacks in the AFC. Ryan Tannehill is more athletic than Mac Jones. All these quarterbacks in the AFC playoffs are, besides Ben, I mean, Ben used to be more talented, but the guy's washed. I mean, the fact that we get that guy in the postseason is a joke. And essentially, the Chiefs got another bye week, which sucks for us. Like, I would have loved to seen the Herbert-Mahomes battle again. That would have been awesome. And instead, like, people are pumped up when you had that situation last night where the Chargers ended up losing to the Raiders. I was pissed because I'm like, okay, this sucks because now you don't get to see Herbert in the postseason. Did you see some of the throws that guy was making yesterday? But the point being, all these other quarterbacks that are in the AFC playoffs— they're more talented than Mac, and they have better weapons, all of them. Tannehill has A.J. Brown, okay? And Julio Jones showed up yesterday. Now, we'll see if he shows up after the bye week because the guy's always dealing with something. Derrick Henry's coming back for them. So they got the best running back at the NFL when healthy, and apparently he's close to being healthy. And they have A.J. Brown, who's the top 10 receiver of the NFL. You look at some of these other teams at the AFC. Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase, who's already one of the best receivers in the NFL as a rookie. Not to mention the fact that he has T. Higgins, who's an absolute stud and will be the number one of the Patriots. Boyd's pretty good, too. He'd be the best receiver on the Patriots, right? So when you look at these other teams where they've not only given their talented quarterbacks playmakers, like Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs, 
There are more talented quarterbacks with better playmakers. So if Mac Jones is going to succeed long-term at the NFL, they have got to do a better job this offseason upgrading the weaponry. Hunter Henry's a good player. Good player. But he's a good player as your second or third option, not as your number one option. And right now, Jacoby Myers and Hunter Henry are your number one and number two. That's got to be the worst group of one and two options, if you will, in the entire AFC in terms of the playoff landscape it is. I mean, the Chiefs are working with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. We mentioned a team like the Cincinnati Bengals working with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You look up and down. You look over in the NFC, even though Tom Brady lost two of his weapons. He lost Godwin. He lost Antonio Brown. Well, Antonio Brown lost himself. They still have Gronk and Mike Evans. Still have those two guys. 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. A lot more to get into. Are you concerned about the quarterback right now? And what's going on with the Patriots with the slow starts and the special teams issues? These are things we're not used to with the Patriots. Let's get to Wayne in South Boston. Wayne, what's up, man? Barrett, you're back, buddy. I was I didn't know what was wrong. I was like, I, I was on the thing show, and I was like, hey, where's Barrett? I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I appreciate hey, that, man. I got the co- I got the quick. I got the COVID for the second time, man. Two times. No, I'm asking you how how did you get? I have never had it. Oh. I, I, and I think it's I should get you on my supplement thing. Believe me, you're being really good. Really, you wouldn't have to worry about everybody taking all these boosters. And you really realize that the FDA does not even say that they're okay, but yet they're getting stabbed into everybody. Not me. See, Brian, I'm Marine. <laughs> I know what the government's about. Okay, they'll yeah. always do it. Hey, and, maybe and real right. quick, I'm an. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you say. No, I was gonna say I've got. I, said, I, I am got... an optimist. Okay. And not a pessimist. Like all these people on the phone, they're pessimists. All right, it's a rookie, number one. The kid is a rookie. Listen, all you idiots out there, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to do That's what all being, you know, making a football play is all about. I like Mac. I love his. I love his. Um, his drive. He's got a good drive, and when he and he's mad when he loses, like that's good stuff. That's what we want. And remember, this is his first year. His right. first year, Brian. And, oh yeah. And by the way, I was the one that Mutt said tonight um, when they asked what the final thing was going to be for the Patriots. I said ten and six, and he said, "Oh, you can't go ten and six, Wayne." There's another. I said ten and seven. What did they finish with? Ten and ten seven. Ten and seven, right? That was your prediction. I called it again. Put it in your book, Brian. <laughs> Put it in the Google Doc, man. Hey, you were kind of right, off though, Wayne, on that. The last time I was on, it what? was before the Jaguars game. You said thirty-one seventeen. It was more than that, man. It was a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. I know. Well, I, I didn't know they were going to. That, that was good, though. They beat them 50 points. I want to know how they got like, 50 points by us. And then the best team, they were supposed to be the Colts. Da, 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 da. I said it. Remember I told you? I said, all they have to do is shut down that Jonathan Taylor yeah. and let Carson Wentz win the game for you. Because he won't win the game. No, He'll he lose sucks. the game. Yeah, that guy sucks. Like he man. does all the time. He sucks. But I mean, I'm saying, Brian, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that guy cost him the last couple of games. I mean, he was horrible. He was not good. Yes. And I know he didn't practice all week against the Raiders because he was out with COVID, but he sucked in that game, and he sucked this past week. The whole thing about him all season yes. was he doesn't turn the ball over, and yesterday he went out there and he did just that. And how about this, Wayne? So Carson, yeah, got, they, they set him up on that, huh? Yeah. How about this, though? Carson Wentz was traded. And Brian Flores got fired. How Can you can you believe that? He had no. a great game, and they fired him. I know. <laughs> I know. What's I know. going on down in Miami? No, that's out of control. Hey, Wayne, appreciate the call as always, man. Miami, we'll get into the coaching carousel in a little bit here, but I was absolutely stunned. Like, there's always a surprise coach that gets fired every year, but Brian Flores, 
I was pumped from a Patriots perspective. I think it's totally unfair to that guy. But just pure selfishness from my perspective. Like, wait, hold on. This guy's 4-2 and two against Bill. The Patriots cannot figure out Brian Flores. Okay, he's he's not going to be coaching against Bill twice a year anymore. He owns Bill. I like it. 4-2 and two against Belichick. Now he's not coaching anymore. Apparently now they say that it's issues he had with Tua and Greer. I don't know why you would keep Greer over Flores, but I can get into that in greater detail later. The, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention, Wayne was talking about Carson Wentz. Think about this for a second. You know the Eagles get a first-round pick for that guy. So the first-round pick the Eagles are getting from the Colts, the Eagles are in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. They got rid of the quarterback. They got the first-round pick. The first-round pick they're getting from the Colts is higher than their own pick. Unbelievable. Think about that if you're the Colts. All your eggs in the Carson Wentz basket. You go all in. You get the quarterback. You give up the first-round pick because it went from a— it would have been a second if he didn't reach a certain amount of the snaps, but he played basically every snap this year. So Carson Wentz, for a first-round pick, you don't make the playoffs, and the Eagles now have three first-round picks, and they're in the playoffs. Unbelievable. The other thing I wanted to mention real quickly here is the Judon situation. I don't know what's going on with that guy. I know he was dealing with COVID, but how about this? Last four games, you know how many sacks he has? Same as you and me, zero. Zero quarterback hits. One tackle for loss. In his first 13 games, he had a quarterback hit in all but one game. 25 total. In his first 13 games, he had a tackle for loss in all but three games. He had 13 in the first 13 games. In the first 13 games, he had 12 and a half sacks. Had a sack in all but three games. So he was on pace for 16 sacks after the first 13 games. He ends up with 12 and a half. He was on pace for 32 quarterback hits. He ends up with 25. He was on pace for 17 tackles for loss. He ended up with 14. So the guy that was a fringy defensive player of the year candidate completely fell off a cliff. Now, if it's a COVID situation, I mean, we've seen guys in the NFL, we've seen guys in the NBA where it takes them a while to come back, but he didn't even miss a game. So I can't imagine it's a COVID situation with him. Now, remember, he was irritated with the officials during and after the game. So he retweeted one Twitter account where the tweet was essentially showing him getting held. Okay, so he tweeted that out, and then he retweets an old clip from DeMarcus Cousins when Cousins was on the Kings where he said, quote, I hope the world can see what's really going on out here because it's getting ridiculous. So obviously he's getting frustrated and he thinks it's something going on with the officials. And if you do look and you go back and you watch that scramble the two had, he was clearly held and he did not get that call. But now he's complaining about the officials and he hasn't shown up pretty much for a month. If this team is going to have any chance of beating the Buffalo Bills on Saturday night, you got to get Judon back because... This defense was great for that run when they won seven in a row because Judon was a game wrecker. He has not been a game wrecker for a long time now. And if he's not a game wrecker, you don't have a pass rush. 617-779-7937 is the number. Let's get to Avi. What's up, Avi? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing uh, well. I hope you're feeling well. Oh, Listen, thank you. I hope you're feeling well after your COVID. And, you know, I, I think there is something to that uh, with Judon because – I think it's just taking him a while to get back, and he might just not feel 100%. Or I, he might have some mental focus issues. Yeah, you never know. But well, I hope you're right about that because they need the Judon that we saw for the first 13 weeks if they're going to be Buffalo. I hope that's the case, and I hope that means, okay, now it's uh, enough time and he'll be ready to go. He's going to be close to 100% coming up next week against the Bills. I hope that's the case because it's not the case. It's more of a concern, isn't it? Well, I, I agree. I, you know, I agree with you. Um, but see, here's my point, and I and you raised this earlier. 
But the biggest frustration for me with this team right now, especially after yesterday's game, it's special teams Mm. and it's the dumb penalties. Mac Jones, I think, looked like a rookie. All right, last night. But even so, he still brought them, like you said, within striking distance. So I don't really fault him as much, but it's the dumb penalties and, you know, the, the fumble, you know, on the, on the snap and the, and the special team stuff. Belichick is the special teams wizard. I, I, I can't abide these mistakes on special teams. Yeah, that is the most, that's the aggravating one because you think about it, this team has been, they always pride themselves with the special teams, and they're one of the worst units in the entire NFL. The only thing they have right now is a good field goal kicker. That's it. And Matthew Slater's still a good player and all that. Like, I'm not diminishing what he's done. But I don't know how you have that penalty from Lawrence Guy. This is week 18 of the season. This is a veteran player. That crap should never happen. Never. Never, ever. And and you never would see that on any of these Belichick teams. The special teams you never had to worry about. You know, even if you had failures on offense or defense, so, so that's concerning to me because you saw what happened on that fake punt, you know, led to more points being scored, you know, put more pressure on Mac Jones, you know, and, and it's just one thing cascades into another. So, look, you know, maybe these things have to happen in order for them to get better. Uh, I have serious doubts about how long their uh, playoff run is going to go, but we'll see. And one thing I'll say in closing is uh, Rob Ninkovich was on your station predicting this very outcome by Miami. So I got to give kudos to Nikovich. He called it right. Hey, he finally got something right, Avi. He's been wrong about everything else. (laughs) Appreciate the call, man. Good stuff. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. So I guess Nikovich finally got something right. Remember what was happening before the season? Two-quarterback system. Cam and Mac, they're going to have a two-quarterback system. And then he said that Buffalo, the last game that the Patriots played, Buffalo, they weren't tough enough. Buffalo had no chance of beating the Patriots, and they ended up beating the Patriots. Oh, the one thing he mentioned there, the Bolden penalty, that was a joke. I don't understand how you can make that call. And I know a lot of people, uh, they were mentioning it today. The game is not officiated by robots. Yeah, okay, Raj. So they were talking about today, Lou and Christian, that like he put himself in a bad position. Okay, but you can't miss that call if you're the official. It makes no sense to me whatsoever how you can miss that. And Gene Steratore, we're gonna, I'll get to this in a second here. So I want to get to this. So I'll get back into Judon and some of the issues that's going on with the Patriots defense because there's one other glaring issue with the defense that I want to address in just a second here. But we do need to address the officiating in that game. Because it's a problem. The broadcast in and, of, uh, in and of itself is a problem. We'll get to that next year in WEI. We're right back to it. This is Brian Barrett on EEI. All right, so one of the other big things in that game yesterday was, well, first of all, you got like the D team for CBS in terms of their broadcast team, which was an absolute joke. I mean, Jay Feely sucked. That guy is horrible. But the other big story, and we'll get to the broadcast team, but the officials, man. Like, I'm not trying to be one of these guys that is complaining and saying the Patriots lost the game because the officials. They sucked on the other side as well. They were just bad in general. And this is an epidemic, it feels like, in the NFL. Alex Kemp was the head official in that game yesterday. But just a couple to go through before we get to the big one. So, you had that roughing the passer call on Judon. Uh, What was that? The game is not officiated by robots. Thanks, Raj. That one makes no sense to me whatsoever because Mac Jones got slapped in the head, and that wasn't a rough in the passer. 
Judon barely touches Tua, and that is a roughing the passer. It didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It just feels like these things are not officiated consistently enough. Okay, and then you have third and seven at the Patriots 24 in a 17-10 to 10 game. So the Dolphins have a third and seven. This is a huge play in the game, obviously. You have pass interference on Jalen Mills on Mac Hollins. Puts the ball at the one, and of course they punch it in to take a 24-10 to 10 lead. I don't know how that is possibly pass interference on Jalen Mills. He barely touches him. If anything, it's Mac Hollins who initiates the contact because it's a poorly thrown ball by Tua. So, and the official is right there. I don't understand how you can miss that. But the big one, of course, is this. Fourth and three at the Dolphins 42. They're about to punt. And you have Brandon Bolden gets that penalty on the punter of the Dolphins where he's going down, but he doesn't actually make contact with the punter. So in real time, I guess I can understand how you could miss that. But it doesn't make any sense to me that after the whole group gathers, nobody saw that Brandon Bolden actually missed the Dolphins punter. Parallel, whatever the hell the guy's name is. He never made contact with him whatsoever. So, and here is this connects to the whole issue with the broadcast last night, or yesterday, I should say. It felt like night because I was going to bed very early when I had COVID. But nonetheless, when you look at it in terms of that situation happens, they go to commercial break. So right when it happens, Jay Feely says, I'd love to get Gene's, Gene's reaction to this, Gene's take on this, because Feely's looking at the replay and says, I don't think he hit him, essentially saying, I'd like to get Gene's take on this, and they don't go to Gene. There's like, they're huddled up, they're talking about this, and they don't go to Gene Steratore. Like, this is the whole point of having Gene Steratore on these CBS broadcasts, is you can go to him at any time, and he's going to come in, and he's going to break down exactly what happened, and then he's going to give you his opinion. What they want to bring in Gene Steratore. Yes, they wanted to bring him in, and he wasn't ready yet. Or he either wasn't ready or he's on a different game. Whatever it was, he wasn't ready yet. Critical play in the game. Everybody's pissed off from a Patriots perspective. Even Dolphins fans probably, okay, we're probably getting a break here. He never hit him. But everybody's hoping to see. Let's hear what the official has to say. This has been, like, one of the really good things about the NFL in recent years. Like, in terms of, I'd say it's been going on for a decade now with Mike Pereira. The fact that you actually get officials there to give you something. Unless it was, remember that guy, Terrell Austin? I mean, I don't know him personally, but that guy was like a talking corpse. I mean, that guy had no energy. felt like, all right, maybe you guys shouldn't put this guy in the booth anymore. I mean, he may perish mid-broadcast. Okay, so let's be easy with this. But anyway, getting back to the original point, Mike Pereira is really good. Gene Steratore is not great, but this is why he's in the booth. So finally, when they come back from commercial... They asked Steratore what happened on that play. Here's what he said. We want to bring in Gene Steratore. Gene, take us through that last sequence. There didn't appear to be contact from Bolden. How did you see that play? They're tough judgment plays, Spirit, for a couple of reasons. When a player starts to give himself up, if the defensive player has committed to that tackle, right as the player is giving himself up, as is happening here, provided there's no contact to the head area, which there also isn't, you wouldn't want to see a foul on this play, but that play is really a difficult play to referee in real time. I would like to have seen a pass on the play, but it's a hard play to officiate in live action. you got to be kidding me. I, that is unbelievable. He said in the meat of his statement there, he actually said the answer. He said he would have liked to see that be passed on. So he thought it was the wrong call. But he couches everything he says by defending the officials, by saying, you know what, it's it's really tough to see that in real time. Well, hold on. 
We have been criticizing Mac Jones for the interception he threw yesterday, right? Because it's really tough to play quarterback at the NFL level. But we criticize Mac Jones when coaches make mistakes during games like Brandon Staley. That guy's getting crushed today nationally because of what he did in that game. Okay, those guys are coaching at the highest level. Mac Jones is playing quarterback at the highest level. And we are criticizing him. And we're not coaching everything we say about Mac Jones. But say, well, you know, it's really difficult to play quarterback at the NFL level. No, we're saying that's a garbage pick six that he threw. Never should have thrown it. It's simple cover two. He misread the situation and not to mention the fact he didn't put enough on that ball if he was going to try to get that pass. Avian Howard made no sense, right? It was a horrible play by Mac Jones. So why do we need to defend the officials as it comes to a broadcast? Why do you need to defend him? I don't understand that whatsoever. Why are you defending the officials? I get that that used to be your group, but just say what you need to say. No, they missed the call. Don't give me, well, it's really tough and we get a simple. We don't need that. We don't need a whole soliloquy about what it's like to be an NFL official. We don't need any of that crap. All we need is they miss the call and move on. That's it. That's all the audience is looking for. We don't need an explanation about the job is hard. And quite frankly, there's like a million guys right now in the NFL that are screwing these things up. So clearly Gene Steratore is right that they're, it's hard because none of these guys can get it right. Which, I mean, part of the reason you would think is this. I Just think about this from a practical standpoint. You got 55, 60, 65 year old men out there who are running up and down the field with 23, 24, 25 year old athletes that are some of the best athletes in the entire world. And they're trying to keep up with these guys. Maybe that's part of the problem they have. Maybe you should go to more younger officials. But this whole thing about how that call was not overturned, I don't understand this because I do contend this. I believe that we see this all the time in the NFL where officials will, and this happens at the collegiate level as well. You see the officials, they do that thing where they huddle up. I truly believe that they're, it's not just them. Like they're talking to somebody upstairs is getting in their ear because they don't want to have this egregious penalty, right? And you say, well, you can't go to the booth on that play. I know you can't go to the booth on that play. But do you really think the booth isn't going down to the lead official, Alex Kemp, in this situation saying, hey, you guys missed that? Like they should do that. I would, would hope they could do that because – if this is if we're seeing this replay on TV and it's crystal clear that Brandon Bolden made zero contact with the Dolphins punter whatsoever, don't you think that the official wants to realize or wants to fix the issue so it doesn't become a story? I would if I was the official, I'd want to get it right. And I do feel like in some sense, and this is probably too much getting into the weeds with officiating. But I do think in some sense, the fact that these guys do lean on replay for everything, it's made them worse because they know, okay, even if I miss this, I can go back to it. I feel like it's made them worse. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. All right, one big concern I have with the Patriots defense, I want to get into that. And what the heck are the Dolphins doing? We'll address both those things in just a little bit here on WEI. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports the clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening oh 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 o'reilly 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.